Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Arts for Every Life, the podcast of Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. Today, I got to sit down with Emily Ferranti and Nick Spangler, who are both performing in, and they're really stars in, An American in Paris that is running at the Dr. Phillips Center um, this week. It's a beautiful show. It's an exciting show. Um, and we get to hear about their work as actors, as dancers, as singers, um, how they grew up in the performing arts and have arrived not only on the Broadway stage, but here on our stage. So I hope that you will enjoy um, hearing about their careers and about this wonderful show that they're in. So sit back and enjoy. Arts for Every Life, a podcast of the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida. With Fox. Oh, awesome. Uh, Fox. And yes, and your own wish. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming down to Dr. Phillips Center this early in the morning after you were here so late last night. <laughs> of course. For your opening. Oh. Well, thank you for being here. And tell me about your opening. How did it go? Amazing. Great. It was my favorite first performance in a new city that really? we've had so far. It was wow, really that? from the from like the welcome that we got from everybody at the theater mm. and honestly from the audience too. The audience last night was just so really with they us loved and it. Yeah. it was really amazing. So it was a great night. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so yeah, glad. It was great. I'm so glad. It was so beautiful. We're you know, we're all so excited about um, this theater and this performing arts center. It's we're in our second year, second season, maybe our third season. I don't know. Now it seems to have moved so far along. <laughs> but it's just great to see that kind of a beautiful production in this space, in this, oh, space, in yeah. this theater. So it, it's very exciting for us. Cool. <laughs> you it know? was fun. We were, I was in the elevator after the show, and some of the ushers, I think, were there. <laughs> and they were talking to each other. And one of them said, oh, great performance. And another one goes, oh. You were in the show? <laughs> yeah, that was us. And she was like, I only got to see parts of it, but what I saw was wonderful. Aww. So it's every, And everybody's been that nice. It's, oh, it's been that's good. That's good. Well, I'm cl- so glad. Um, so I wanted to talk to you both, not only about this show, but about your careers mm-hmm. and being a professional actor and a professional singer and a professional dancer, which you all three seems to be happening quite a lot. We do yeah. what we can. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me about this performance um, and and this show. There's a lot of unique elements to me about this show. Um, First of all, the level of dance is really, really high. Yeah, it's the top of its field, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's It's definitely the first show I've ever been a part of where the dance and the choreography is sort of the core base mm-hmm. of the show yeah. and then everything else I mean well but that's kind of unfair to say because I think the whole show is so well crafted mm-hmm. that even though yes there is an emphasis on the dance given the the big you know ballet portions of it mm-hmm. but the show really is put together in a way that everything I think really seems equal in the end from the music to the scene work mm-hmm. to the dance and and then of course to the designs and the lighting yeah. and everything that the show won t- its Tony Awards for mm-hmm. um, so it's it's interesting to me, to be a part of a production where the, the focus is so much on the dance, and rightly so, yeah. because of what Christopher created. Yeah, right. And well, and the legacy of this, uh, of this piece. Of course. Yes. Um, and I think for me, what was um, exciting to see, um, of course, any dance element or any musical element, 
um, you don't want it to be, and now it's a dance break mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. in yeah, a yeah. show. You want it to continue the story. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's so much storytelling that's done through the dance. Yeah. Yeah, um, and definitely. I think that's what's surprising is then there's not then either uh, scripted commentary to back up what was just told, nor is there, oh, and now we have to sing about what we just danced about so that you really right. understand. Totally. It's just told. Yeah. It's just yeah. told well, through the Especially dance. with the, I think the opening ballet in the show yeah. really catches people off guard because, of course, the movie is so recognized for the final ballet, for the American mm-hmm. in Paris ballet, that actually ends the movie. You know, I think back yeah. then, when the movie came out, people were like, wait, that's the end what of happened? the movie? <laughs> yeah. We didn't end with a line or a dialogue or, so, you know, something like that. Um, so I think when audiences come to see us and they get this 10 minutes at the beginning of the show that has maybe six words of dialogue mm-hmm. spoken mm-hmm. in the entire thing, and by the end of it, they're completely enveloped in Paris in 1945, yeah. you know, just... And they kind of they know where Jerry's at. They know where Lee's is at. They know where the mm-hmm. whole city is at. So when I get to make my entrance after all of that happens, it's really cool because I know I walk on stage, and even though the audience is just meeting me, they're already so in the world that it's like it's such a, an oh, easy like... introduction for me. I oh, feel that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's one thing that really shocks people into going, oh, okay, this is going to be a great night of theater. Yeah, yeah, I would say that too for for your character as well. Yeah. The the introduction is so set I didn't need a lot of narrative yeah. or anything it's like oh and there they are yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I fully received who you were Good. um so tell me about these characters and your approach to these characters you are you are French yes uh, so it's uh, I play Henri Borel and he is a, a Parisian a very wealthy Parisian um who has sort of a secret past that the mm-hmm. audience sort of has to figure out over the course of the show um and it's really interesting because so much of that past that doesn't happen in the course of the storyline is such a big part of the character mm. that actually that was one of the challenges for me mm. was playing that whole backstory that sort I mean it sort of get ex- gets explained a little bit but um but playing the events of the show with all of that in mind and trying yeah. to still convey that to the audience and have it sort of color and shade the choices that I make and the things that I say in the show mm. um I don't know. Henri, for me, is he's similar to me in a lot of ways. I know a lot of people kind of say that. Oh, the character's actually a lot like me, um, but he, he really You're is. You're a very rich Parisian, of... I understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but sort of the his etiquette mm. and his the way that he treats people and the way he wants to be perceived by the mm. world. Um, I've sort of felt a connection there. Um, Your singer. Well, yeah. So You're right, that he wants to be this performer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, and so, and actually, that dichotomy of sort of properness and fitting in with an older generation, um, but at the same time wanting to be fun and, and goofy yeah. and sort of like you know. Well, it, it loose. struck me that Henri has the most relationships because a, a lot of the people that you're seeing are. I've just arrived in Paris. I've just gone through this experience, and now I'm here in Paris. Mm-hmm. And there he is, and we see his mother and his father, mm. and this and Lee's this friend of his, and the, and these relationships that are entrenched. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was very different to me f- yeah. than the other characters that you had all of that. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a very good point. Yeah, yeah we did during the rehearsal process. We spent a lot. The family spent a lot of time. Oh 
talking about what the previous four years of our lives have mm-hmm. been and what all you know as a three-person family unit you know what our relationships with Lee's were and what our relationship with the rest of the city were and how right. we dealt with the Nazi occupation and mm-hmm. everything like that mm-hmm. so as I said that was a major part of like right. things that the audience really doesn't see or hear about even that much but for us it's it's very deep you know yeah inside there's of the a, well there's a whole depth to this because of when it takes place mm-hmm. oh, yeah. because they've just been through something and Emily your character you play Milo I play Milo which is, which is a big surprise for the audience you're looking and like oh Milo and ah. it's gonna be a man oh there ah. she is <laughs> <laughs> she's a man she's a woman yeah uh, it's a really interesting character as well tell yeah. me a little bit about your um, approach to it yeah she is uh, very different from me going off of him um, so my approach I mean I watched like a lot of old movies to kind of first get the style of that period because that's how they spoke and how they, you know, it's very different from how we carry ourselves now. Um, Obviously, she's very wealthy, um, an American, but uh, just a lover of, you know, art, the arts. And I think the way we approach it, you know, it's like I don't have that talent. I mean, I kind of... um, Peggy Guggenheim, do you know mm-hmm, who she was? Mm-hmm. Ah. I kind of did a lot of research on her, um, where she was this art patron and supported all these artists and right. really helped them get their feet off the ground. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of fun to like, because I'm not like that. I will right. never be that. You know, so it's like I'm a producer of all this ballet. Right. And, you know, so it's kind of fun to just take on this role that's nothing like me. Um, yeah, she did have all of this. I mean, I was as I was watching it, it was like oh I can't wait to talk to her about those costumes because yeah, she has gorgeous. all of this oh my gosh. decorum yes and in the rehearsal process it was kind of tricky for a little while to really nail that because I didn't have the costumes right. and as soon as I put them on right. I was like oh. put those gloves on oh, and you're good oh. all I just had to do is open my mouth now. <laughs> <laughs> you know it so was true. just yeah um, yeah it puts you in the world oh yeah and Okay, so the word, the wrong, I'm coming up with the wrong word here, but she has a little bit of a villain quality. Oh, definitely. Oh, <laughs> in, the, definitely. in that first act, even. Yeah. Just a little bit of, she's, again, she's this kind of outsider. She's an outsider. I mean, she also doesn't know what's happening with Cherry and Lee. Right. So she's not trying to be a villain. But yes, she's, she's definitely working things for her own benefit. Yeah, because well, um, yeah, so, even in the art, even in those yeah. initial, it's like, well, I want this. I, I love that scene with the producer where she's like, I will absolutely donate to your ballet. Yes. And you, if, you, yeah, you let me do all things. this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she comes to Paris kind of like, what am I going to do? And she sees all these things and is a spot inspired to like create this ballet. And it's like, oh my gosh, yep, this is how I'm going to do it. This is, right. this is done easy. Meet this, yeah. you know, good looking guy who's also an artist. Bonus, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's funny. She's she's almost a little, in my opinion, a little too big for her britches. Like, in, oh, like one of my one of my one of the th- scenes I think is the most interesting is the one of the first ones with Jerry when she when in an earlier scene Jerry is the one who is the typical American and Lee's is saying, oh, I'm I'm French. You don't understand art and everything. Mm-hmm. And then in this scene, Milo is that person, and Jerry is actually defending the French. And Milo is yeah. is so brash and saying like, oh, gee, they didn't well, mind letting the Nazis, Nazis run running. their city. Oh, for that was such a and like. Oh, that went through the yeah, audience. That's that like, it's, <laughs> it's such a funny twist to me because Jerry is yeah. suddenly the one that's like, whoa, whoa, Wait, you don't yeah. understand these people. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really interesting, and it's not. 
I mean, it's not she, that she has bad intent. I think she's just a little oblivious. She's no, like, she's yeah, wrapped yeah. up in all of this art and passion and it's everything. Definitely, and we talked about that a lot in rehearsing. And towards the end, I'm saying bravo to the yeah, French. It's yeah. like a really come full circle to be That's like, ugh. The, you know. it's, it's a great message for yeah. this time mm-hmm. uh, in the world because there's there is so much going on, and I think that that I thought I thought Milo, I thought your character was um, such an entrance for us for the audience into what everyone else was going through. Mm-hmm. Because as we see the news today and what's going on all around the world and what's mm-hmm. going on in Syria, like how, how do you understand that? How do you enter into <clears throat> the into what's going on someplace and and she enters into it one way yeah and it's oh that's oh that's uncomfortable (laughs) it made us uncomfortable and so then I think that's great for Mm -hmm. us to feel that yeah for us to think you know yeah you you probably need the whole picture here definitely you know so it's just a great that's uh, cool to hear yeah, yeah just there's there's so many layers going on yeah in this show and like you had said to piggyback off of a lot of the transformation that I feel like Milo takes doesn't happen in front of the audience mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes like our Rhapsody ballet is what we call the last mm-hmm. after the writ scene that mm-hmm. it's time passes you know in our storytelling it's like a couple of weeks go by and so in that time you know she grows pretty fond of Jerry and from the signals he's giving her she thinks it's mutual because yeah. she's you know trying to help him with his art and he's you know but yeah. it's hard to tell and he's in that cute. And he's cute. <laughs> um so yeah so it's tricky that's mm. been a challenge for me pretty often it's it's something I need to always kind of like okay time has passed this is what's happening when we get to act two you know right. I'm like thinking this is a done deal and I'm like look at what I got you you're gonna design this ballet yeah. you're gonna love me like this is gonna be great we're gonna yeah. get married and yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, and, and as I was saying to you, that for our students to think about, um, to think about the work that you need to do as an actor, yeah. that you're you're doing work. Okay, this these twelve things have happened in this scene, and, yeah. and okay, they haven't seen this, so I have to come in with right. this. Um, you know, that that moment before, what yep. has happened Absolutely. in the moment before this from? scene? Yeah. Given yeah. circumstances. Another interesting aspect of it for for me was over the past like five or six years, the stuff that I've worked on has only been brand new material. So mm-hmm. creating something from wow. scratch with the writers in the room, and nobody's seen it before or heard it before. So suddenly doing it, I've never been a part of a show where a cast has created the show it's still on Broadway yeah. I've seen yeah. it being performed and then I have to go into a rehearsal studio and do the same thing yeah. so it's that was a really strange process for me to go okay I'm not Max von Essen who mm-hmm. originated my role right. um, he was nominated for a Tony Award right. for this performance so right. it was really strange to go okay how do I not just imitate him How be- right. especially because I, as I just said I'm not him so even if I tried yeah. to imitate him it would fall so flat and, and yeah. ring so false so it was kind of fun to pick and choose like mm. favorite moments where I was like I know that worked and I know I can make that work too oh. and then taking other moments and going okay you know I can't do what Max did so this is my way into the character the, in into this moment and this is how I'm going to play it so that was it was tricky but also kind of fun to like 
A great you exercise. Would have these, yeah, you would oh, have yeah. these little discoveries of like, you would worry so much about how am I going to play this moment or, or this line? And then when you finally find it, it's like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> good. Uh, maybe maybe I'm a little arrive. talented because I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> just a little. Just a, little just a little. scotch. Well, I think that's a really great um, perspective too. Again, um, students, listen up. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you are an understudy or when you're coming into a tour, there's... Uh, as you were talking, the word that I was thinking was honoring. What you need to do is honor that performance okay. because audiences are expecting to see, I, I'm, I want to see this show that was on Broadway. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> and so you have to honor his performance without duplicating, duplicating it in, in Maybe, some sort yeah. of false way. Right. So that's, that's a great, um, great little lesson that you've given us about how to do that and and how to find those moments. Um, Well, tell me a little bit about, speaking of our students, tell me a little bit about um, both of your careers and where you started and and where you came from and and how you got where you are. Well, I I started musical theater when I was five years old. My mom put me in a production of The Wizard of Oz. I was a member of the Lollipop Guild. And I I mean, I legit remember my first curtain call ever, just with like, you know, 50 kids (laughs) bowing in like these multicolored wigs and everything and just going, oh, this is it. This is what I want. So I just, I did theater all growing up. I never stopped after that. I just community theater. Uh, My parents were great, you know, finding different places for me to perform. And then, and um, where mean, were you? Where, where did you uh, in, in uh, Central California, oh, okay. um, San Jose, between San Jose and San Francisco. Okay. Um, so I did a lot of my performing I did like in high school was in San Jose. Um, but then by junior high, I mean by seventh or eighth grade, I knew this is what I want to go mm. to college for. This is what I want to do, you know, professionally. And this, I want this to be the rest of my life, which always seemed to like shock other people. Like, uh, you know, my classmates, I'd be like, what do you want to go to school for? And they're like, I don't know, yeah, I'm like, yeah. we gotta go to high school first, what are you yeah. talking about? Um, so yeah, so I knew in high school, you know, it was always my extracurricular, I took as many um, singing lessons and dance classes and stuff like that as I could. Um, that's always my advice to young actors, is mm-hmm. when you're young, learn, learn all, everything. everything. Start, yeah. especially if you want to do musical theater, you can never know enough, and you can never be good enough. So if yeah. you can learn an instrument yeah. or a dance, yeah. like a specific kind of dance, or, you know, special trick, you know, circus performing, or yeah. tumbling, yeah. all sorts Tumbling's of stuff, yeah. like, you can never learn well, enough. That was a stunning um, thing about this show, was the level of dance, and then the level of singing. I, yeah. I mean, someone was just on point, and now they're hitting that <laughs> note. Know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And for you guys to have to, you have to hone your skills yeah. So, yeah. to such a high level. Um, so I ended up going to New York University for musical oh, okay. theater, um, which was, it was amazing living in New York City, which is, you know, the place to be if you want to do musical theater and to be going to school. Um, I've always said, like, unless you're an actor or performer, I don't know why you would want to live in New York City. <laughs> Because <laughs> you have to live there if you want to do it. Um, it's an intense Aww, place. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's hard to live But yeah, so I did it that. I, it's work to I live took there. classes for four years and saw as much theater as I could and auditioned occasionally. And oh my God, my first audition in New York City ever was for Hairspray. It was like an open call for Hairspray. And I went in, I had to sing acapella. I literally <gasps> forgot acapella? the words. No. So I, I, cause I, After like, having learned, done it since you were five. Well, because well, you had to do like a 60s pop song. So I learned like a Stevie Wonder song for once in my life. And uh, like the night before. And, oh no. And I, yeah. went in, and I literally went, for once in my life. Snap. And I had to say, I Snap. literally had to say, I'm Touched so sorry, it. I don't remember these oh, words, no. and I can't do this. And they're like, that's okay. 
do you know anything from the show? I was like, of course I do. So I just sang something from the show. And they're like, okay, that was fine. Um, so yeah, so I did that. And then um, I was actually really lucky. I got cast in the off-Broadway production of The Fantastics while I was still in school. So my oh, final semester yes. of school, I would, took class during the day and then went to my show at night. And then when I graduated, it was like, great, I'll just keep doing my show. I'm going to do The Fantastics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. So then, yeah, did that. And then just sort of been... Getting jobs when and where I can ever since. Ever since. So this is my first um, tour of any kind. Yeah. So I'm having a blast figuring out what it's like being on the road and what it's like being in a new city every week or every other week and seeing, you know, the great cities of the country and the great venues of the country. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, And it's now cool. you were on tour one other time. Oh, yeah. With the well, amazing race. Yeah, 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 a world no tour. Deal. It's actually it's funny. My, my sister had these little, you know, it was when those plastic, like, wristbands, like uh-huh. the Livestrong bracelets were, like, yeah. really oh. popular. So she made these ones that said, Nick and Star, the world tour. Yes. And you won. You and your sister won the amazing race. And it was really funny because it's, like, it was... It's not at the height of reality TV, but I mean, it was like when reality TV had been around yeah. for a while. But um, but it was funny because a lot of people are like, "Oh my gosh, didn't that like help your career so much?" And it's so funny because it's not a performing reality right. show at all. There's it has nothing to do. It's not like dancing or singing or anything <laughs> like that. Yeah. So like, it's not like I walk into a room and they're like, oh, "Oh my you god, are. there's or the like, winner," you know. And it's like, yeah. and there are fans of the show of mm-hmm. the Amazing Race, but they're not like fans who then like download your music on iTunes sure. or like watch your YouTube videos of you yeah. dancing or anything like that. Um, but it is funny because a, a, lot of, a lot of casting directors actually really like The Amazing Race yeah. because okay, there's yeah. no talent involved. So like what they spend their whole day doing, like looking for talent and looking for people who can act and sing and dance, yeah. it's not that at all. So they really, so a lot of them were like, oh my God, I really liked you on the show. Oh, <laughs> you know? That's so funny. Um, well, I, I'm always talking to the students about, um, you know, part of being a professional actor is not, you know, a song is about six minutes. Three to six minutes. That's how long a song lasts. So if your idea of my professional life is, I'm going to stand on the stage in the spotlight and sing, that is six minutes out of yep. your eight-hour day. <laughs> and so now you've got to talk about being on a bus, you know, getting up at eight in the morning to be on the TV show, yeah. and you have to talk about the rehearsals and all of that time. and and. In the Amazing Race, what we got to see is that yeah. is how do you yeah. interact with people in a stressful situation yeah. and running around, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's a lot of yeah. uh, what the professional acting Absolutely. life. Is yeah, like. and one, it's so funny, you know. In sometimes in like interviews and stuff, people are like, "How did like your your acting career and training like affect you on the race or vice versa?" You're and like, actually, no, but it's actually funny because I was forced to like find connections and stuff like that but one thing that I actually did realize that like you know a major part of being an actor is being observant and knowing what's happening especially in live theater because you know what's going on on stage and you're reading cues from other people Mm -hmm. and things like that Um, and so then so I think over the course of my career I've become very hyper aware of things and and very observant and on the race there were a lot of times when it was like when I would be like the person to notice something and be like no 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 they went I know they went that way but look I pretty sure that it's this and it's like noticing a tiny little thing so I don't know if it's a direct correlation but it's that was a pretty insightful one so yeah I think just being like super aware of your surroundings and the people around you Mm -hmm. and trying to pick up on like personal cues incorporate all of that into what you're doing (laughs) awesome awesome well Emily tell us about you yes we're pointing to you now (laughs) I grew up in California as well oh really uh south of San Francisco 
Paso Robles, California, a little, uh-huh. little cow town. Um, but I, similar, I grew up doing um, community theater, not until I was nine. I think my mom was like, all right, you need an outlet. I, I was very, <laughs> Time for you to get <laughs> yeah, out of the yeah. house. I was always very nine. You know, loud and dancing around the house yeah. and singing. Um, my first show was um, The Music Man. Oh. And I loved it. Pigtails, awesome. Yeah, I just, I, I think growing up in the community theater too helped me develop relationships with people and I just remember like older people you know looking up to them yeah. and the teenagers of the cast and uh, I just yeah fell in love with it pretty much the same story and it was on, the only thing I was ever really passionate about like I wasn't a bad student but I wasn't like a obsessed straight-a student but when I was doing shows you know I was my mom remember told me the story that she like I had the, the door closed and she what do I say? I was going in there and like memorizing my lines and just like was so, you know, yeah. focused, dedicated. dedicated. Yeah. Dedicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up doing that community theater and I pretty much knew, well, I also randomly did a lot of like jazz. I was really into jazz music. I don't know. Oh, cool. I got a little band like on the side, a little side wow. thing. So I was between going to school for jazz vocals or musical theater. Wow. But then I moved my senior year, right before my senior year of high school, we moved to a new town. My mom had a different job, and I was like, bye. I was ready to, like, right. ready to take the stage. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and luckily, the new school I went to had a huge arts program, brand new theater. Wow. And then that's how I found out about the Boston Conservatory, where I ended up going to school. Mm-hmm. Got in. My sister had uh, gone to school in Boston. So I was like, yeah, getting that's out of this California. This will work out. I'm getting out of here. Across the country. Yeah. So a little I went bit to of snow, there. a little bit yeah, of ice. A little bit. Ooh, <laughs> so cold there. Um, so yeah, I went to school there and then uh, moved to New York right away. And, uh, you know, did we did like a showcase where we get an agent. So I got an agent and auditioned. And mm-hmm. um, my first gig was kind of a funny story. It was like a the Dream Girls tour and I got my equity card that way and I just did like a video for uh-huh. them and I didn't even have to tour with them. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I did. And then I, I did the Wicked tour. Mm-hmm. Probably about, got about eight months out of school and then I was gone from the city for two and a half years. Wow. So, On tour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is. It's a crazy life. It's yeah. a crazy life. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for sharing a little bit of it yeah, um, with us and inspiring our students and giving our audience a little behind-the-scenes picture of the show that they are loving so much. Yes. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your run and Thanks. that it's as exciting as opening night was because yeah. it was really thrilling. And if not, we've got another opening night in a week. That's nice. Nice. Week after. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Yeah. Arts for Every Life, a podcast of the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando, Florida.